Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. In our first service this morning, we were able to watch a clip that many of you might be familiar with, especially if you are familiar with the superhero movies. It was a clip from Batman Begins, the one with um, Christian Bale as Batman. And in the beginning of the movie, you see Bruce Wayne as a child, and he's playing with his childhood friend, Rachel, and he takes an arrowhead that Rachel has found in the garden and begins running away to hide. And, well, when he hides, he unfortunately um, hides on top of a well shaft. And then you see the shaft give way, and he falls down. And in the next scene, you see Bruce's father coming down that shaft and picking him up and then carrying him into the house with Alfred beside them. And he asks Bruce a question. He says, Bruce, why do we fall down? And before Bruce can answer the question, he says, so we can pick ourselves up and learn to walk. At the very end of the movie, that same question is revisited when Bruce... Bruce's home, the Wayne Manor, is on fire, and Alfred goes in to save him. And they go down that same um, shaft again, down to the back cave, and Alfred sees that Bruce is injured. But there's more than that to his injury. He confides in Alfred that he feels like he has failed everyone, his family, the people in Gotham, everyone he loves and cares about. And Alfred asks him that question, Bruce, why do we fall down? It's so that we can learn to pick ourselves up. And he in return asks Alfred, so you've not given up on me and I haven't failed you? And he says, never. So it begs the question, do you think Peter felt like he had stumbled? Do you think Peter felt like he had failed when he was so harshly criticized by Jesus? I can see that whole scene on the road to Caesarea Philippi now. I can see Peter. He's pretty proud of himself. He's like the kid in school who, every time a teacher asks a question, goes, Ooh, pick me, pick me, answer. I've got the answer right here. And you think the child's arm is going to break off before the teacher can call on him or her. And so, of course, he gets the question right. He nails it. And, well, Jesus gives him his due praise and pat on the head by saying, Yes, Peter, you are the rock in which the church will be built on. Yes, Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And everything that you bind up here on earth will be bound for you in heaven. Yes, Peter was definitely feeling pretty good about himself. Jesus had just confirmed it all. So when Jesus begins to change his method of teaching, Peter doesn't really know how to take this. Some say that he might have been trying to interfere in order to protect Jesus from something. But according to our scriptures, Jesus really didn't take it that way when he scolds Peter. And he uses this moment in Peter's life to be a teachable moment, not only for Peter, but for those around him. 
kind of like Bruce's father in Batman, used his fall as a teachable moment about life. You see, one of my friends puts it this way. Peter got the multiple choice section of the exam right, but he failed the essay. And isn't that what it's all really about? Our fear of failure? What if we fail in something in life? Was Bruce Wayne afraid of failure in that movie? He said so to Alfred, that he was afraid he had let everyone down. Was Peter afraid of failing whenever he scolded Jesus because he didn't exactly know what would happen to him when Jesus left them? And aren't we afraid of failure if we go out into the world living out our cause? Are we afraid what living out our faith might mean and the failure that could come from it all? A writer for Sports Illustrated named Rick Riley wrote an article about school districts in New York, Texas, Utah, and Virginia that have outlawed the game of dodgeball in their schools. Now, it's not for the reason most of us think that dodgeball would probably be outlawed in schools. For me, it comes to mind that it's a dangerous game in which we allow children to lob balls at other children's heads intentionally with as much force as they can. But that's not the reason these school districts have outlawed it. You see, it's because in the game of dodgeball, there are clear winners and losers. Instead of causing physical injury, some believe that the game of dodgeball is dangerous because it can damage a child's self-esteem. So what are we teaching when we don't understand or know how to deal with winning and losing, failure or success? Isn't it just as important to learn how to be a gracious loser as it is to win and learn how to be a gracious winner? Isn't it important for us to learn how to pick ourselves up when we fall down? In fact, there was an article in April of 2001's Atlantic Monthly that calls those born between 1979 and 1982 the most honed and supervised generation in human history. I have to admit, I fall in that category and range of dates. And it says that parents of children that fall into this age range felt the desire to spare the children from pain while providing them every opportunity possible. Guess what? It's come back to haunt them some, as Marilee Jones, who's the Dean of Admissions at MIT, confirms. She says parents with over-involvement in their children's education and lives has caused a problem for her in her profession. She tells the story of a letter that she received from a parent whose child was not accepted into MIT. And the letter said, You rejected my son. He's devastated. See you in court. Unfortunately, according to Jones, this is not an isolated incident, but something that has come, become more of the norm. So what has this fear of failure for ourselves or our children cost us? What has it cost us in allowing to learn who we are. I once was given a piece of advice by one of my mentors growing up, the Reverend Dr. James Adelot. 
I was recalling to him a particularly hard time I was going through in seminary. And he said, Ty, you can learn just as much from the bad as you can the good. Learn from the things that have caused you pain and allow those to make you a better person, a person who has compassion for others and an understanding of how we are supposed to live together, an understanding of how we are supposed to serve God together. It's in his words that I realize that it is our failures, times when we stumble, the times when we learn to pick ourselves back up, that shape who we are. It's in these moments that we are reminded of who we are and whose we are. This can be seen in our text today because Jesus begins to change his strategy for teaching the disciples, preparing them for the struggles that they are about to face. He's preparing them for a life and a journey where he will no longer be their mentor on a daily basis. He had to prepare them to walk on their own. He had to prepare them to know how to pick themselves up if they were to stumble. He had to teach them how to pick themselves back up if they would fall. Jesus knew the road ahead for the disciples was going to be filled with many trials and tribulations, and there were going to be many times in which they were going to stumble and many times when they were going to fall. Peter knew this, I mean, Jesus knew this specifically about Peter because there were going to be many times in Peter's life and journey in which he was going to stumble and fall. And he needed to know how to pick himself up in those moments. So what he was doing was using this moment with Peter as a teachable moment, not only for Peter, but all the disciples on how to live into their calls as disciples. It reminds me of a letter that Abigail Adams wrote her nine-year-old son, John Quincy Adams, as he was about to go on a voyage with his father. Knowing that he wouldn't return for a few years and see his mother, he was a little bit intimidated about what lie ahead of him. So she wrote this letter to him saying, It is not in the still calm of life that great characters are formed. The habits of virtuous minds are formed in contending with difficulties. Great necessities call out great virtues. When a mind is raised and animated by scenes that engage the heart, then those qualities which would otherwise lay dormant wake into new life and form the character of the hero and the statesman. God chooses us to live lives that build us into disciples, rather than complacent lives that are pain-free. The greatest example of this can be seen by God's own sacrifice of his son on the cross, because Christ bore for us that pain so that our relationship with God could be reconciled, so that we could see how much God truly loves us all. Christ bore that pain and suffering so that we could understand that we are all children of God. So the good news for us all out of this is we're not on this journey alone. When we stumble and fall, we're not alone. We have each other journeying along with us to help us back up, to help us brush the dirt off, to help us be on our way again. 
So what do we learn from the moments we stumble or the moments in which we fall down? Not to be fearful, for at least we began the journey. For at least we are traveling with others who have compassion for us and that will help us get back up. We learn to appreciate those who travel alongside of us, helping us up. And we also remember who we are and whose we are. And keep in the back of our mind, you can learn just as much from the bad as you can the good. Let us pray. Gracious God, be with us as we go into the world living these words, traveling with others, showing them the compassion of which you have called us to show. Help us to live out that grace that you have so freely given us. And when we are in the place of stumbling or falling down, we are grateful for those that you have sent into our lives surrounding us, helping us to pick ourselves back up and to continue the journey. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.